Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Absolutely. Absolutely. We honor you today. We celebrate you today. We speak blessings over your life. We speak protection over your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you've done and for some that are still doing. We thank you and we honor you. Never take your freedom for granted. Never take your freedom for granted. Never take your freedom in Christ for granted. Let me say that again. Never take your freedom in Christ for granted. Amen. Somebody said, well, my freedom can't be taken away. No, but, but we need to understand the price that was paid for the opportunities that we have been afforded. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you've brought your Bible this morning, turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke, I am your father. I wonder if Jesus said, Luke, I am your father. If you're visiting with us, no, I'm not your traditional preacher. Um, I'm, just, I'm just real and crazy like that. So accept me like that. If not, at least walk away praying for me and they got to change me. I don't know. Uh, but last week we talked about uh, ripping the roof off as you're turning. I'll just kind of bring you up to speed because these, these two messages will go together. Uh, and then next week, let me encourage you not to miss next week. I asked Dad, could I have one more week because I felt like there was one other thing. And next week I'm going to be talking about the corrosive power of offense the corrosive power of offense. Um, but today, I, I, we're going to talk about, last week we talked about um, surrounding ourselves with they people, people that, that will celebrate us and our accomplishments um, and will walk through difficult situations, will walk with us as we go through difficult situations because there are they people and those are the people that celebrate you and that you have to also watch. If you've got a they group, you've got to watch out for them because them, they hate you, they'll talk about you, they'll text about you, they'll smile to your face but stab you in the back on the way out. That's the them people. Uh, if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back to podcast uh, on the website, the church website, and take a listen to that. It'll kind of bring these two messages together. But today we're going to look at two areas that I believe prevent us from being positioned in the right place. Somebody say right place. Because there's a word called right place, that gives us a pretty good indication that there is a place that, that exists called wrong place. How many have ever found yourself at the wrong place at the wrong time? Wrong place is cool for a season. The Bible says that wrong place is cool for a season, but it will leave you unsatisfied. But we need to be focusing on getting to the right place, position is everything. And I believe these two areas um, that, that, that we're going to talk about today will, will actually work against us uh, getting, to, getting to a place where we can receive all that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I want to receive everything that God has for me in my life. It's one thing to say, God, I believe it. God, I receive it. God, I'm ready. But it's, it's another thing to not be in position because if he, if he sends what you've been believing God for, if you're not prepared for it, if you're not ready, you don't have any room to receive it. It'd be like if I had a glass of water and I had a bunch of dirt in it and I started pouring the refreshing, refreshing water in it, it's just going to bubble out and just and waste away and dry up because of the drought and the hot sun and life and all those things. It's the same thing with when God wants to deposit something into our life. If we haven't created a place and a space for it, if we have other substance in that place, he can't get to us what he wants for us. 
So, so how's your space today? Take a, take a self-evaluation. I think we should do that every time we come into the church. We should take a self-evaluation of what, where we are and what, how we've positioned ourselves. Amen? What are the two areas as Christians that we compete with in this race we call life? I believe it's called pride and ego. Somebody say, well, I'm not prideful. Allow me to introduce you to your pride. Somebody say, well, I don't have an ego problem. Again, let me introduce you to the one apparently you have not been responsive to, to your ego. Every one of us has a portion of pride and a portion of ego. And I believe those two brothers, cousins, um, fight in war against us in trying to stop us from reaching the position that we should be in to receive all that God wants for us. We're either battling against pride and ego. We're either battling against it or we're willfully accepting. Some of you have have accepted it so well you don't even recognize that you have that problem. I promise you, if that's you, there are others that around you that notice the problem with you and they're probably praying for you. If you have a they, they, they will be praying for you. The title of this simple message is simply this, protected by pride, blocked by ego. Protected by pride and blocked by ego. Our pride is nothing more than a defense mechanism that we exercise to protect our heart. That's why I said everybody, everyone has it. Our pride is a defense mechanism that we put up to, to, to protect our, our, our dreams, our heart, um, not typically our families. or It's always it's a self thing. It's, it has nothing to do with, with who's around you or who may be a part of your life. It's always about you. It's called pride. And it's our ego that prevents us from truly experiencing the blessed life that God has intended for every one of us. Every one of us in the room, God has intended and intends to get pour out blessings on you. He just wants to know, will you position yourself in a place where you can receive all that he wants? I believe ego has a way of masking who we really are. Our ego is who we think we are. That's, our, that's your ego. That's who you think you are. When you look in the mirror, that's, that's who you think you are. That's your ego. Uh, uh, it's who we think we are, but it's our character that defines who we truly are. I read an interesting quote this week that said, our ego acts as a silent partner too often with a controlling interest. Let me say that again. Our ego acts as a silent partner. If you know how silent partners work, our ego acts as that silent partner with a controlling interest interest. Pastor Dr. Robert Schuler from the 1980s had one of the largest churches, the Crystal Cathedral in, in Southern California, uh, was quoted saying, big egos have little ears. Have you ever met someone or been around somebody who they talk a lot, like they talk a lot, but leave little room for listening, or they talk a lot, and when they're done, they leave the room, because really what you have to say doesn't matter. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. Some of y'all are like, that's my spouse. No, y'all just focus on me. Don't look at him or her. You look at me, Okay. Um, but, but big ears, excuse me, big egos have little ears, have little time to talk, always have an opinion. T.D. Jakes said this, there is no room for God in a mind consumed with self. I was on the back porch and I was going through my notes. Dad had no idea what I was going to speak on. And he shot me that in a text message. I said, thank you very much. Adding two message notes. And I'll say that again. There is no room for God in a mind consumed with self. We, we want to serve God and we want to do things, but our mind can, 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 can play tricks on us and cause us to, to do stupid stuff that would be totally against us trying to position ourselves. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, you don't have to turn there because we're in Luke. 
So you thought I forgot. James 4, 6 says, if you're taking notes, you can write this down for later. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Somebody said, well, I, I find that hard to believe. Man, I was, I was restudying that this morning, and I, I thought about that word resist. Resist means I want to be there, but I'm having to resist. I, 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 want, to be, I want to do that, but resist. Because if, if I didn't want to, there'd be no resistance. Are you following me? You tracking me? So he wants to, he wants to give us grace, he wants, but he's having to resist. He's wanting to pour out things, but he's having to resist because we have a pride issue, because we have an ego issue. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride and ego at the core, I believe, are responsible for the destruction of friendships. Pride and ego is responsible for the destruction of marriages. Pride and ego are even uh, responsible for the division between churches and church members. Hello, somebody. I'm going to push and push and push on the walls that I see in the spirit around this area of why it has looked the same way. And I'm going to keep saying that because until it changes, I'm going to keep speaking to those walls and speaking to those things, that darkness that has caused Chiefland to be on lockdown. I, I don't want him to look at this area and, and look at it like Sodom and Gomorrah and give us over to all of our stuff. That's a dangerous place for us to be so, so, yeah, but, 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 but we feel the churches in this area. But how many churches are actually doing something for Jesus Christ? How many churches are actually pursuing, pursuing, changing, and impacting their city? That's not knocking anybody. All I'm saying is the devil don't mind if you, if you conjugate and you fill up a parking lot and you fill up a pew. He don't care. What he cares is if you take what you do in here and you affect somebody's life out there. It's our ego and our pride that, that will cause us just to do this, but we don't want to push the envelope. I'm going to push and push until the walls fall down. When our pride is attacked, our ego will always run to its defense. See, they're cousins. I mean, they, they're, like, they're like brothers. They're like, they're like Bradley and Jamie. You mess with Bradley, you're going to get Jamie. Now, if you mess with Jamie, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call a few guys, but I'm just saying, uh, there may be a time later in life, but right now, you mess with him, he on your own. But I believe he could hold his own. What y'all think? But when, pride, when our pride is attacked, our ego will quickly and swiftly move in to protect its interest, which is itself. So today we're going to focus on for just a few moments, we're going to focus on the responsibility to position and prepare ourselves. Pride has a way of getting us out of position. Listen, pride has a way of getting us out of position. We can come in here and we can sing, you know, you're Lord of the, of the breakthrough and God, you came for the broken and you came for the weary. You, we can say all that, but when we move outside the walls, sometimes we reposition ourselves because pride comes in. Well, I don't want to invite anybody to church. I, I, I don't want anybody to really know. Let me, let me say this. Our greatest testimony isn't the track we hand them or the scripture verse we put on a Xerox machine and slip under the keyboard. That's not your greatest testimony. Your greatest testimony is your lifestyle. And I was thinking about this this morning. I'm so glad you're here on Memorial Day weekend. And for those that have tuned in to podcast today, let me say this. When other people know that we're Christians, but they see that we put other things before God, a.k.a. we do other things on Sunday rather than be in church together and forming a they community, whenever we do that, that's letting the people that, that know you're a Christian know that there's something else more important than that. 
That's why it's important that if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you need to walk the walk, talk the talk, show up, get recharged, get rooted in Jesus. Amen? I thought about that. I was like, you know, God, what testimony are we showing the people around us that when we, sh- when we put more things, when we put things, and he wants you to have fun. That, there's no condemnation. Again, I'm pushing on the walls that are in this, in this area. And that's, it's inconsistency. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Man, when, when we moved here and I said, God, what is this area? Inconsistent. I don't want to be, I don't want to be inconsistent. Man, when I call somebody to come show up at my house and do a job for me, bless God, I want them to show up. I'm their first priority. It's not whenever it's convenient for you and casual for you. Guess what's going to happen? I'm going to pay you when it's convenient for me. I want you to show up to my place where, where I'm paying you to be. It's just a lack of inconsistency. That's why this area looks like it does. It's a lack of inconsistency. You can't be consistent in something and it always just look the same. Unless you're standing in one place and not moving forward. Anybody get anything so far? Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 17 verse 11 says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, two men had leprosy. Two men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Somebody say at a distance. It's all you can always tell people who, who have issues are always standing away from where God is. And you see that in the church. You see that you see that you see that people who are saved and people who are not saved. They're always at a distance. You can all I told you, remember I told you last week for those that were here, I said I can always tell if I'm getting ready to do something that's not cool with God or contrary to his word because the people that are closest to me have no access to me. I've been there at my in my life at one point. I remember being making stupid decisions and my dad would be texting me and I'll be like, No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that stuff. And he had no access to me because I knew I was doing something that was contrary to what the Bible said. It's called being at a distance. That's why, that's why I encourage people to come to church. Well, I got stuff going on. No, 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 no. If you got it, that is, this place is for people who are broken. This house is for people who are jacked up. This house is for people who walk in with pills in their pocket and weed, pills in their purse and weed in their pocket. That's what this house is for. It's not for people who, 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 bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's, you can quote that stuff, drop a dollar in the collection plate. That stuff doesn't, doesn't make the enemy nervous. What makes him nervous is when you come in here and you got your Bible open and you go, he just said, at a distance, God, am I, if I've been at a distance, Father, please reshape me, remold me. That's the people he's, that's the people he gets nervous about. That's the people that, that's the people that he comes against who are in businesses because they say, you know what? I'm going to use my resources to further the kingdom of God. And when you do that and you come against the kingdom of darkness, he's coming after you. Who is, the, who are you referring to? I'm talking about the enemy. He's the one that's not trying to give you a headache. Bless God, he's trying to kill you. He's not trying to just give a little argument in your house with your children and your spouse. He's trying to destroy your marriage. Somebody say, at a distance. And so, and so, and, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Doesn't that look like people in the church? 
just a poor pitiful story. Life's so hard and, and God just have pity. I don't want him to have pity on me. I want him to shower down grace and mercy on this jacked up soul right here. I don't need your pity. I need the blessing. I don't need your pity. I need your mercy. I don't need you. I don't need a, an attaboy on the back. I need Jesus Christ to recognize that I'm striving for him with everything I've got. And if I'm, and if I'm not giving him everything, may I get to a place where he possesses everything about my life. At a distance, they called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, somebody say, as they went. That means, that means it, if you want to obtain, I have a hard time talking sometimes because it's in there, but I just can't get it out in the way that, that it's dropping in here. As they went, there, that means that there is something that is required of us to obtain the blessing, to obtain the promise, to obtain the breakthrough. There is something that is required of you, not just to come in here. There is something that is required. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's requiring something of you. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went out, they received their blessing. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return, excuse me, was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So the story breakdown is this. You've got, you've got ten guys that at this point was an irreversible or an incurable disease. And Jesus wants you to know that there were Jews among the crowd and Jews amongst the, the ten. Because he said, he made the distinction that there was a foreigner among them. I just believe that, I believe, yes, God wants to pour out blessings and he wants to do the miraculous. If we come in here, we're a supernatural being. You're a suit, we, we serve a supernatural God. So why should we come in here just hoping for a supernormal experience? No, I want to come to church for a supernatural experience. I don't want, I, I, the normal is, normal don't get the job done. The supernatural, that's called my natural mixed with his super. It's not about what I can do. It's about what I position myself and allow him to do through me. It's called the supernatural. So I believe, yes, that God wants to do things for us as believers, but I believe he just wants to flip the script and do something for people who can't believe. Because, see, when they know that, when they understand that God did something for them in their life, they're more, they're more willing to, to put their trust and faith in him because they know that it was true. You tracking me on that? I know that I was just dragging that out a little bit, but Father, release my tongue today. Yes, there will be breakthroughs, and yes, there will be miracles, but in this season, we're going to see the miraculous happen for those who are non-believers. Who can, you, who can you in this house begin praying for? People that maybe used to be here and you don't see them anymore. Man, start praying for God to do breakthroughs in their life. May they come back or be at a church. May they surround themselves with they people that will only live and exist to see, see their accomplishments. Who, who can you pray for today? See, because it's not just about surrounding yourself with they people. It's about you yourself being a they people. The Bible says to have a friend, you must show yourself friendly. My version of this is if you want to have a they, you need to be a they. I got some they people. Man, I was so encouraged last Sunday on my way home. I got text messages. Yeah, I do check them on my little thing up there on the screen. It says, I'm your they. 
That's what you mean. We need to encourage each other and go, you're not alone. I'm your they. I don't know where Carlos went. I'm Carlos's they. And I, and I believe he's going to be my they. If he's not, I'm going to send Jamie after him. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I pick on Jamie. He's just an easy target. I, actually, I do know why, because he puts me through a lot of stuff in a gym, this new workout stuff. I'm like, for what? So tomorrow I will probably call out because I know it's going to be bad news for me in the house. The Bible says when this foreigner saw that he was healed, when, he, when the guy, the ten are walking away, and the one guy, the foreigner, not the Jews, not the one, the, the, the other guys, they were probably a little cocky. Yeah, I'm healed, and I was expecting to get healed. How many of us walk in church and go, yeah, I got my blessing now. I was expecting to. And if I didn't get mine, I'm not coming back for six months. That's not a they-minded person. That is a me, I, all about me. That's somebody who's full of pride and ego. Who talk a lot and listen little. So what's funny to me was this cat was walking with the nine and he not ever, not ever being trained on how to praise and get your Holy Ghost hop on and, and get your dance on, get your shout on, get your do all that stuff. He, he has never been trained to do that. Nobody had to teach him how to praise. See, that's why I was saying God would rather, I just believe he would, he would rather bless those who were, who were non-religious, who, who really, really are trusting him. And so let's just go ahead and face it. That's normally people who aren't saved. Because we try to help God with our blessing. I just believe he, he would rather pour that out. And he did on that day. And, 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 and this guy's like, man, I'm going back to show my gratitude. Why do we show up in church? Because I was going through hell last week. And I'm just going to show up. And I, whether he sings my favorite song or not, I'm going to get up in front of Jesus and say, thank you, Father, for delivering me. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Thank you for putting money in my checking account that I have no idea where it came from. Well, I was expecting him to deposit because I pay my tithe, brother. Let me tell you something. Jesus don't need your money, but you sure need to give it. Why? Because it it produces something inside of you and gives you access to greater things. So, so, So when he got healed, he already knew what to do. He didn't go to no conference. He didn't go to no seminar that says, when you receive your blessing, you do this jig and you do this dance and you do this shout and, and you start crying and you fall down and we fall down. We get up. You don't, he, nobody told him how to do that stuff. He just got in front of God and said, thank you. I want to show my gratitude. And Jesus is like, well, what about the other nine? I just believe, I just believe that, that when we truly wrap our head around this message, that God's going to produce a miracle in you and something's going to, somebody said, well, I'm just quiet. But I believe that the miracle when it comes and when it happens and you're positioned right, it's going to, it's going to cause something to come out of you that's been in you the whole time. Somebody say, change my heart. See, it's active. The reason I put those words is because when you're going through hell in the middle of the week, I want those words to come back and go, man, change me. Change this situation. Oh, I'm struggling with my my spouse and and my kids. Well, then change me. Don't worry about what you pray for them. Let God change them. Remember what I told you? It's not our responsibility to change them. It's our responsibility to position ourselves for God to change us. You too busy worried about them when there's a lot of work to do on you. Glad that's going on podcast. Yes and amen. See, it's not about, what well, did you have somebody particularly in mind you want to hear that? No, because I know that that stuff goes through the airwaves. See, he, the Bible says that the enemy is the prince of the power of the 
air. And what are those, what are those air waves that go across radio towers that you can't see? There's a lot of stuff. Well, see, when, when this stuff gets uploaded and gets put in the airwaves, the enemy knows, hey, you know what? Forward church, those people mean business. So we'll continue to push back. Because, see, I know that, yeah, and what you got to understand is, because we, we completely understand, is when you make those steps, the enemy's coming after your tail. But, see, because I know that we are now surrounded, not always been, but we're now surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and we're also surrounded by some they people that when we stick our neck out, we got a Jamie, and we got, a, we got, we got all these people. Come on, I know you don't like to do this, but I want you to walk with me anyway. I'm not going to ask you to, but we got people that are just going to come and go with us, and we, we, come on, Stephen and Amber, you get with us. And, see, see, whenever we step out, I don't have to worry about who's coming behind me to send a text message. Well, I don't really like him anyway. That's fine. Just pray for me. But you know why? Because if you're trying to try to get to me you're going to have to get through some other people because they're going to step in front and then we're going to walk together like that see what i'm saying and see i know this about ryan he don't really like to get up in front of people but the what 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 god wants you to know is he wants you to step outside your comfort zone he'll never cause you and ask you to do anything that he hasn't done himself and he's done so much that he laid his life down for you but he wants you to step outside your comfort zone so that when you do begin to flow in the miraculous people will recognize that wasn't ryan that wasn't bradley let me tell you something I, 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 this is daunting to me. I don't like doing this. But what I recognize is that when I open up my mouth and I surrender my life, that Jesus Christ can use a jacked up vessel who's made terrible mistakes like me, like he wants to use you. That's good preaching. Thank you. I am enjoying it. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here, up in here, up in here. So who came back? A foreigner, a broken person, a non-religious person. He just said, you know what? If nobody else is going back, I'm going back. Holla at you later, I'm going back. And some of us, some of you here, some of you students here need to to wrap your head around that and go, I don't care where everybody else is walking. I don't care where everybody else is going. I'm not running with the crowd. I'm running to the king. You missed a good time to shout right there. I know that's not, that's not popular. Well, I like running with my crowd. What's wrong with them? Nothing. It doesn't mean that you're any better than them. That just means they're taking up occupied, they're occupying space that was meant for something greater. We need to evaluate. We need to do an inventory and go, is this taking up space in my life where Jesus needs to come in? You wonder why you got issues. You wonder why all these things are happening because, because it's occupying a space that wasn't created for it. Everything was created for God. Well, what happens if I give him everything? I'm left with nothing. No, when you gain Christ, you gain everything. I'm preaching a whole lot harder than y'all letting on. I'm just saying. I still believe that the word of God holds the keys to unlock the prison cells. I'm going to keep preaching. I love what he said. I'm going to preach my way out. You can have that sour look on your face, but bless God, I'm going. I'll start ripping the roof off your house. We need, to be, we need to watch because God may, may send someone else to rip the roof off of our house because we're not willing to do it. That house that you have, was he, gave it, he blessed you with it, but he wants to use your home for his kingdom and for his glory, for his Bible studies, for his life group. Hello, somebody. And if you say, no, you ain't coming in here. I got this. I'll give you some of this other stuff, but this is mine. He'll rip the roof off. I'd rather be the one to say, uh, I'm ripping the roof off. You can have it all.
If no one else will praise, he said, I will praise. The other dudes, man, they just took off. I believe this. When we accept Jesus as Lord of our life. Now, this is a very dangerous prayer. I know I've got 15 minutes and I'm going to go all the way and then I'm done. Because I believe you need this. Because it has changed my life. But when we pray a prayer of God be my Savior, when you're saying God be my Savior, what you're saying is you can have my soul. But when you say be my Lord, that's what he wants to do in you in the earth. So be my Savior and Lord. God, you can be my Savior. You can, I don't want to go to hell, but all this other stuff, you can't have that. We try to help God out. You know, like, God, I'll give you this, this, and this. But, but, but you can have my money, you can have my job, but my relationships, I think I know a little bit more than you know. So I'm going to hold on to this for a couple years. I know, it, I know you know that other person better than I do, but I'm going to hold on to this. We try to help God just a little bit. When he says, man, when you give it all, you give it all. I don't want to look like me. I don't want to look like Jesus. Well, brother, I don't think Jesus would wear that vest. I don't think he'd wear them shoes. I, I just don't think... Because you're looking at the exterior. You need to look at what, what's going on on the inside. If you'll position yourself in a church that is teaching the word of God, get a good rooting structure. Y'all remember the other day when I preached that message and I had that plant and I kept dunking, dunking. Man, that, that, that flower had no chance of gaining roots if I'm constantly moving it back and forth, back and forth. Man, you need to get established and get implanted somewhere and stay put. Well, I don't understand why God might working on my behalf because he can't figure out where you are. Well, he's here and then he's over here and I got offended. Nope, that's next week. And so I'm just, I'm just going to do my own thing. No, stay a little while. I was out at Lakewood Church uh, for a conference some years back, and I heard Pastor Joel say, and I don't care what you think about the smiling preacher. That's your business. Pray for him, too. If you don't like him, whatever. But this is what I heard him say. Man, give us one year of your life, and I promise your life will never be the same again. You know what that means? That means if you'll just, if you'll just get established, it don't matter. What you got going on. It don't matter what kind of pills are in your purse and weed in your pocket. It don't matter. You just come like you are. You come in here and get whole. Welcome home. And don't let others beat you up. Don't let them beat you up. That, don't, don't listen to that stuff. Don't listen to that egotistical. Yes, be like me. There's no judgment in the house. There's no condemnation in the house. Well, shouldn't every church be that way? Should. What's interesting is religious people want change overnight. They want change. Listen, change is a process. Two buddies got together on a, on a Monday night, and they were sitting together, and, you know, they was doing what they do. And So I went down to that. I went down to that church. You know, with that, with that coach. You know, coach, coach. Uh, what's his name? Coach, the little short ball. Coach, coach, coach Weber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Weber. I went down there. I went down there last night, and I got saved. <laughs> you got saved. Sure did. I got saved last night. I don't know. That's they say. That's what it looks like. I ain't got no experience. If that was your struggle, then then that's that's you. But for me, I I just got family. I don't know. I just telling you that that, that that's what it looks like. So. But see, that's, that's how we do. We get so concerned with, well, you got saved, but you're still smoking. You're still smoking dope. You're still looking at porno. You're still, you're still doing all these things. Listen, when Jesus shed his blood for each one of us, he knew what we were doing, and he knew how long we'd do it, and he did it anyway. 
He's not, he's not hooked up on our imperfections. But I can tell you, once you get a hold of this book, Jesus Christ will change your life. Listen, religious people will have you beating yourself up because you haven't changed at the pace of their will. It's a personal walk. Man, there's, it's, it's a struggle. It's a fight between the old man of who I was and the new man of who I am and who I'm trying to become. Well, what's that look like? It looks like this. God, I love you. Would you look at that girl? She is fine. God, I bless you. Would you look at her walk, Jesus? God, I thank you. Y'all don't act crazy. Y'all know y'all see her too. I see her. I don't see nothing but you, boo. I don't see nothing. Amy's like, Amy's like, amen. Wait till after church. What's her name? Nobody. Nobody, baby. Oh, that took us back to dating. I can't go to, can't finish the rest of that song in the church. Some of y'all really wouldn't come back. And then my, my mom's over there clearing the throat. That means you, you, you're meddling now. You're like your daddy. <laughs> Listen, without Jesus, we are incomplete. Without Jesus, we are incomplete. We try to put together. Somebody said, what about the pride and ego? I'm, listen, pride and ego. Ego will put up walls so thick that we can't see the pride that is being, that is being displayed to others on the other side. We in here thinking we got it all together, and they don't really know what's going on in my cockeyed world over here. But what they see on the other side of that is pride and ego. That's what ego would do. I got it all together. No. Without Jesus, you're incomplete. And with Jesus, there are no walls. Walls were so important to him to make sure they were destroyed that when he gave his life, the curtain that once separated all of us, we had somebody else had to go in on our behalf. That, that baby, that thing was split in two, and we can all walk into the presence of the Holy One. So when we're up here leading worship, yeah, go get them, Brother Bradley, sweat and spit and all that stuff. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I'm just, I'm just paving the way, and, then we, and, and I'm hoping you're going to follow. And when we get there, I'm just going to step out of the way and go, this is your bride. This is your church. And then I'm going to stand in the background behind y'all, and I'm going to worship. In closing, y'all remember the story last week where they ripped the roof off and they lowered the man, the, 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 the uh, paralyzed man, leopard man, paralyzed man. I get all these stories jacked up. I'll be telling you that, that they lowered a fish with a whale and Jonah popped out. I don't know. <laughs> they lowered the man on the floor. Listen, somebody said, what about pride and ego? You need to lay pride and ego on the altar. Listen, when they laid, when they laid that man paralyzed at Jesus' feet, that floor became an altar has nothing to do with waiting till you get to this place and hoping that one of the pastors or the leadership team will say the altars are open. No, no, no. You, you, you prepare an altar in your house. We're going to touch on that next week because there's, there's some other things, man. We just want to remove all the, anything that is in the way of us becoming all that God wanted us to be and, want, and, and all the things he wants to give to us and provide to us. We want to move that out of the way. We want him to occupy everything. When they laid that man on the floor, that floor in that moment became an altar. Listen, those guys had to lay down their pride. I'm connecting the two stories. Those four guys that carried their friend and ripped the roof off, they had to lay down their pride. Man, they weren't worried about what the homeowner was going to think, that you're ripping a hole in my roof, and weather.com said a 50% chance of rain. 
Y'all ain't got to worry about that. It, it don't even tell the truth no more. Not in the state of Florida. It rains when it wants to. They lost their pride. They weren't worried about. They weren't worried about what the religious people who had their noses so far up in the clouds. There's no room for you here. We're all here. I don't know what you're going to do with that man who can't move. Y'all just stay out here. We, 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 we doing our thing. They didn't care what they thought. They, they, they laid down their pride. They laid down their ego. Well, who, who do they think they are? Do they not know who I am? How many of us have had that same attitude? Well, do they not know who I am? They sacrificed their pride and left their ego back at the house. Jesus saw their faith. Faith is, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I trust you. When we sing that song about I trust you, man, I'm trying to put words in you. When I get excited, it's because I want you to see, you know what? All that that you're going through, I don't know what it is. It's none of my business, but it's my business to pray for you. So when we say, God, I trust you, I don't know how it's going to work out. That's faith. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know that it's going to. That's faith. I think I get a picture of how it's going to work out, so let me help you. That's not faith. Faith is making a decision based on your assurance that it's going to happen, but you don't know how. Listen. For the religious airwaves, some people get saved, but things don't change right away. Listen. Some people get saved, like the man who was paralyzed. That was his issue, but Jesus saw an internal issue. He had issues on the inside. If he didn't take care of the necessary first, had he healed him and got up and didn't take care of the internal, he would be paralyzed once again. But what God wants to do in each one of us and those that are coming here, in any church, I got he wants to do something on the internal side. The outside will catch up. Some people will get saved, but things don't change right away. But that doesn't mean that their salvation was not valid. Bottom line, you can be saved and stuck. There have been times in my Christian walk that I've been paralyzed and stuck. How about you? I love God, but there was something in my ego, something in my character that was deficient, and I was stuck. Have you ever been stuck today? Are you stuck now? I was paralyzed in my old nature, paralyzed in my own mindset, paralyzed at how I saw life. And I was trying to protect myself with pride. And my ego kicked in and began to put walls up that ultimately blocked out the opportunities to receive God's very best for my life. Somebody attacked my pride and my ego came right in. Listen, religion is cosmetic. It deals with the outside. Relationship is intimate. It deals with the inside. Even the paralyzed man had to deal with his pride. Because Jesus, in front of all those people, said, your sins are forgiven. He's going, he's just there, he's just there, he's just there to get his healing. And he's looking at Jesus going, you just going to put my business out on the street like that? My sins? Thank you, Jesus. I just needed, they knew what I was here for. I can't move. And now you're going to say I'm full of sin and my sins are forgiven? What about the other part? He knew that he had to take care of the internal part first. Because he, why did he do that? Because he wants to uproot and take out the root of pride. 
we must lay down our pride and ego. You may not know all the scriptures. You may not be familiar with everything in the Bible. But you know enough to know that this, whatever you're doing, it ain't right. So today we want to say, God, I lay down my pride. I lay down my ego. It's time to lay down our will for God's will. Our appetites for his appetites. And our perspective submitted to his vision. That's that's what's required of us. The man with leprosy, which was a wasting disease and a corrosive disease. There are people here this morning in these last few closing moments who have spiritual leprosy. You're not going to see it on the skin. It's something that's deep down inside. Places that are corruptive, places that are corrosive. Places that if we don't deal with them will hinder your ability to get God's best for your life. At the very beginning, I said, how many want what's God's, God's very best for your life? Man, every, Woo, yes, I do. But are you, what are you willing to give up to get that? Everybody's standing in the house. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for its explosive delivery. Father, I thank you that your word does not return void. God, I thank you that people have heard your word, heard the truth today, and will activate that by saying, God, whatever the areas are in my life, God, uproot that pride in me. God, may I look more like you and less like me. Father, may I not be so concerned with trying to to be a... Father, may we not be so concerned with trying to look for our theys, but Father, may we become theys for other people. Father, may we understand our role as the body of Christ is to surround, surrender ourselves to you and surround those that you've entrusted and you've put and joined and connected us with. That we can be connected to the right people in the right place. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, you know what, I recognize there's some areas in my life. I'm not going to go through down, down through the list of what they could be because that's none of my business. But you know, if there's in any area of your life, I'm not going to ask you to come down front. All we're going to do is pray for you right where you stand. But you say, you know what, I recognize that I've got some spiritual leprosy. I've got some things in my life that are corrosive and that I think probably are preventing me from getting God's very best for my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. All over the room. I've got areas in my life that are corrosive. And I I believe that if I leave those things unattended, it will destroy me and and, and block out God's very best for my life. If that's you, raise your hand. All I want to do is pray for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that your oil, because it's corrosive, God, that your oil would come in and just, just... just rinse over every person in the room, God, that's saying, these are areas in my life that are corrosive. And God, may, may, your, may your anointing fall now in the name of Jesus. That those things would no longer be an appetite for destruction. An appetite that destroys 
We no longer we no longer long for those areas and those things. If you had your hand up, I want you to say, let it go. I let it go. Come on, in this moment. No, 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 no. Come on, say, in this moment, I let it go. I lay it down on the altar. And I will not pick it up. And when you feel the need, like you think you want to pick it up, because you have that taste, that desire, you reach out for a they. Reach out for a they. It's hard to reach out if you're not around them. So make sure you stay connected to a they. Did you receive anything this morning? We love you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.